0: Accused in absence of wrong My sin washed away in your blood Too much to make sense of it all I know that your love breaks my fall The scandal of grace You died in my place, so my soul will live. Oh, to be like you, give all I have just to know you. Jesus, there's no one beside you, forever the hope in my heart. Death, where is your sting? Your power is as dead as my sin. The cross has taught me to live. In mercy, my heart now to sing. The day and its trouble shall come. I know that your strength is enough The scandal of grace You died in my place So my soul will live Oh, to be like you Give all I have just to know you Jesus, there's no one beside you forever the hope in my heart. And it's all because of you Jesus. It's all because of you Lord. Yes, it's all because of your love that my soul will live. Yes, it's of you, Jesus, it's all because of you, Lord, yes, it's all because of your love that my soul will live. Oh, to be like you, to give all I have just to know you. Jesus, there's no one beside you Forever the hope in my heart Oh, to be like you To give all I have just to know you Jesus, there's no one beside you forever the hope in my heart
1: All right. Yeah, I like that song. It's a great song, isn't it? Oh, to be like you. Pray for Casey and Amy. And uh, also James and Allie, they have summer baby boys coming. And uh, they uh, know that they were, James really has been wanting a boy. And Casey and Amy come, you know, up in the air. And we were kind of thinking that if one of them had a boy and one of them had a girl, and they're really good friends, and we're thinking of early matchmaking things here. (laughs) The problem is they're both having boys, and... um, Mario and Jennifer had baby Mario. And Jose and Natasha had baby Lincoln. And those are all four boys. And I have a baby girl. (laughs) Now, if she stays as cute as she is now, in a few years, we're going to have some serious trouble going on. So I thought... About this situation And I realized we also have baby Emerson Who's a girl who was just born And then for those little boys Who are growing up who will like older girls That's always a way to go We have Tessa And uh, if they really want to go Stretching we have Brianna And uh, so then you got Four and four early matchmaking Solved And you wonder what pastors think about in the middle of the night So here we go Galatians 5 Galatians 5 Everybody get notes? You better need notes up there Okay, I think this is a lesson tonight that I hope will be a, really be a blessing to you There's a phrase as we go through this reading that jumps out at me And I think it'll jump out at you too Yeah, talking about walking in the Spirit Galatians five seventeen. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. Now look at this next phrase. So that ye cannot do the things that you would. Has that ever at any point in your life described you? So that ye cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. That means they are openly shown, which are these. Adultery, we all know what that is. Fornication, which in the Bible means any sexual sin. Uncleanness. Lasciviousness, which is unbridled lust. Idolatry. Witchcraft, or Satan worship. Hatred. Variance which is having a contention or an argument with someone. Emulations, which is where people defend sin. We live in a society now that defends sin. In fact, if you don't defend homosexuality right now, you are outcast. In our society today, in 2013, and there are reporters who have stood up lately and just said, hey, listen, I think adultery is a sin, I think homosexuality is a sin. I think anything outside of biblical marriage is a sin. And they're being trashed in our society right now. Emulations are taking place. Wrath. Living an angry life. Strife. This is where you cause division between other people. Seditions. This is where you join with other people in a, a cabal or in just div- division against authority. Heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, that's drunken partying, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, there are a lot of Christians who read through this passage. And they say, goodness gracious, if ever I do one of those things, does that mean that I've lost my salvation? We've already talked in Galatians that if you're saved, you can't lose salvation. But what it's saying here is that if you're a believer and you live in your flesh, you can do anything that a lost person does. You could fall that deep, you could go that far, you could be in that much bondage, even as a believer in Jesus Christ. Yeah, so this is a very severe passage. Look at the biggest contrast probably in the entire Bible, verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So that what this means is none of these actions ever have to be regulated. Have you ever heard somebody making a law against love? We need to outlaw peace. We need to get rid of joy in our society. But look at the above ones that we read. Are there laws against some of these things? Yeah, even societal laws. Even city and state and federal laws against some of those things. But you can't make a law against the fruit of the Spirit. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. I remember years and years ago, um, Cody was about three years old. And uh, I taught in a school in Boise, and he went to preschool there. And it was a, an Assembly of God school. And uh, so, was, you know, they had some things that we didn't necessarily uh, buy into, but we always thought it was fun to go there and, and do some of the stuff they were doing. And so he was in their preschool uh, program. And uh, their passage was this passage right here. And uh, so they had a little, you know, rhythm to the whole Galatians 5, walking in the Spirit fruit of the Spirit thing, and they're big on the Spirit, the assembly of God, right? Spirit's a big deal. And we're going to talk tonight it should be a big deal for us. But um, he had a little thing, and we still remember, um, where he said, if you walk in the Spirit, let us seep in step, seep in step with the Spirit. And he kept saying it for weeks and weeks, and he'd swing his arm, and at home, if we walk in the Spirit, let us seep in step. And he got up the night of the play... And man, we're excited. We're going to get this on video. If we walk in the Spirit, let us seep in step. And we're out there in the audience, like cheering them on, you know. And we turn the video camera on, light goes red, lights, camera, action. And every little kid up there is going, if we walk in the Spirit, let us seep in step. It's keeping step, if you didn't know that I messed that up on purpose. And, and, they keep, and he's standing there and he goes like this. And he stood like that the whole time. We never got a seep in step. We never even got a step. So he came down. He walked down to, to Amy, and she said, what's wrong? And he said, I got to pee. <laughs> and so we ran him out and took care of it, and he was ready to seep in step again. So I don't know what the moral of the story is, but it is always good to tell an embarrassing story of one of your kids just to keep them humble. All right, so the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I'm talking a lot about that tonight. And and really, the Holy Spirit, He's our friend, folks. He wants to guide us. If we will just crucify our affections and lusts and walk in the Spirit, we'll be able to keep in step with Him. And His role and His office in our lives is so important. And there are times... Because of our denomination where we say, oh, that Holy Spirit stuff. We've got to shy away from that. The Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. You're not going to get anything done without Him. And, and so we need to understand what His rightful place is in our lives. And so we start in your notes and say this. The role of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer is sufficient. Sufficient. The Holy Spirit's role in our lives is sufficient. That means it's all-encompassing. It's everything we ever need. In fact, there's not anything that we need spiritually that the Holy Spirit cannot fulfill in our lives in the daily walk. And so we're going to quickly look through some of these just because they're so valuable to know uh, these traits and roles of the Holy Spirit. The first one, born of the Holy Spirit to become God's child. We're born of the Holy Spirit to become God's child. John chapter 3. John chapter 3, when you were physically born on the earth, whatever day your birthday is, you were born with flesh that was already headed toward death. You were born with soul that was already headed toward death, and you were dealing with a spirit inside of your soul that had never lived, that had never been born. And uh, this passage, John 3, explains it to Nicodemus. Verse number 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, that's talking about physical birth, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Verse 8 explains it even more. This is a verse we sometimes don't read in this passage. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou heareth the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. So Jesus says in physical birth, you can tell where it came from. All right, we have some ladies here that you can tell. They're going to have a physical birth this summer. And they know it. They're starting to really know it. Especially when the temperature gets up to 90 degrees. They're really going to know it. So, Sorry, not to be a downer, um, but, but they're going to know it. There's a physical evidence of that. But like the wind, the wind blows, and you can't ever say, Oh, there it is. There's the wind. But you can see the effects of the wind. And that's the way the spiritual nature is. That's the way spiritual birth is. When we're born in the Spirit, there should be evidence of Spirit birth. And, and so being born of the Holy Spirit. Next one. Baptized in the Holy Spirit Baptized in the Holy Spirit So 1 Corinthians 12, 13 By the way, spirit birth and spirit baptism happen at the same time They're just different roles of the spirit in our lives 1 Corinthians 12 Verse number 13 For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now the word baptism or baptize here in this passage is the Greek word baptizo. It literally means to immerse or to put under. That's what it means. Okay, Like in English, to drink means to take something and put it in your mouth and have it go down your throat. You can't change the definition of it. That's what it means. And and so, to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, or baptized. Next one, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So this also happens there at the same exact time. 1 Corinthians 3. Indwelt by the Spirit. What does that mean? Well, here's what it means. 1 Corinthians 3.16. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. So the Spirit of God lives in your soul. Your soul, your flesh, your body are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Next one, sealed by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1. This happens at the same exact moment. The first four of these all happen at the moment of salvation. The last three are progressive works that we'll see. Ephesians 1, verse number 13. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession of under the praise of His glory, so this passage indicates to us that the Holy Spirit is the earnest payment that God has on us. We're bought. How many of you ever bought a house before? How many of you ever regret buying that house? Okay, sorry, we're not getting that. When you bought the house, you put earnest money down on that house, and that said, I've paid this. This agreement is full and intact. And if you break the agreement, you lose that money. And Jesus, God, the Father, and Jesus Christ put down a payment on you, a child of God, that you are bought. And the Holy Spirit is that earnest, that seal that says, hey, here's proof that you're in the Spirit of God. Next one. This is a progressive work taught by the Holy Spirit. Okay, this is not a one-time thing. 1 John 2. This, hopefully, is a daily thing. When we open our lives and we submit to the Holy Spirit, He will teach us. 1 John 2.27 But the anointing, that's the Holy Spirit, which ye have received of Him, abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in Him. So the Holy Spirit teaches us on a daily basis. Next one, filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Once again, you get all of the Holy Spirit you'll ever get when you're saved. But to be filled with the Spirit is a daily thing, an hourly thing, a minute-by-minute thing. Ephesians 5, verse 18. There's a contrast here. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. So give the Spirit the full container of your life and allow Him to move you and to shake you and to affect how you talk and how you live, and how you interact with others. Here's some evidence, verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in rap music and songs of the world that talk about all sorts of horrible things in society. Oh, sorry, I read that wrong. Speaking to yourselves in movies of the day that talk about horrible things. Nope. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. See how that works? Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So the evidence that you're filled with the Spirit is what you say. What you talk about. What you sing about. What you think about. Verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 21, another evidence. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So what you're saying how you're giving thanks, how you're interacting with people and relationships is all proof of the filling of the Holy Spirit. Just like in verse 18, there are proofs that people are drunk with wine. So the Bible is giving us this amazing contrast that says, look, you can tell when somebody's drunk. Uh, Most of the time there are indicators. And there are also indicators that a person is filled with the Spirit. Have you ever heard somebody say, He's full of Himself. You know why they say that? Because there are indicators. Right? There are indicators of what a person is filled with. And the Bible talks about this. So filled with the Holy Spirit. Next one. This is also a progressive one. Romans chapter 8. Helped by the Holy Spirit in prayer. Helped by the Holy Spirit in prayer. This verse puts into words something... That you may never be able to express with words I love this passage Romans eight twenty six. Likewise the spirit also helpeth our infirmities For we know not what we should pray for as we ought But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us With groanings which cannot be uttered Now this is the spirit making these groanings not us a lot of people say, well, there's this spirit language in which I pray. That's not what that's talking about. This talking about the spirit making groanings, not you. Look at verse 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the spirit, because he maketh the intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Have you ever had a feeling that something was wrong, but you didn't know what was wrong? This happens A lot You're like I can't put my finger on it Something just doesn't feel right That it's I'm not talking about physically That can happen too I'm talking about spiritually And there are times Where you just have a heavy heart And you don't even know why But guess who does The Spirit The Spirit knows And He helps you By praying for you to the Father About those things in your life That you can't even discern So that's a progressive work. The Spirit's work in our lives is all sufficient. He's always there. If we just will give our hearts to Him. Back to Galatians 5. Let's talk through the rest of this passage here in these last few minutes. Galatians 5. In your notes. When we are unbelievers, there is only one nature. Okay, so when you were an unbeliever, you had one nature called the flesh. That's the only thing that your soul could go with. So your nature in the flesh was to do wrong, to sin, to do all these works of the flesh. You had absolutely no ability to do a spiritual work or to understand a spiritual thing. The Bible is very clear on this. The natural man receiveth not the things of God, for they are foolishness unto him. So in your flesh you could do absolutely nothing good according to God's merits. So there's only one nature. Now the new birth brings new life to the human soul. Now there are two natures. Okay, so now we have a spiritual nature and a fleshly nature. The verse that says in 2 Corinthians 5, Therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That doesn't mean that we get rid of the flesh, it means we add the spirit. So new life means that there is a spiritual nature that is born into the human soul. And now we have opposing forces. And that's what verse 17 describes. So that you cannot do the things that you would. See, it's got to be one way or the other. Either your flesh is not going to get its way... Or the spiritual nature is not going to get its way. But they can't both get their way at the same time. It's impossible. Okay, so you understand, when your flesh says, I want, I need, I want, I lust, and your flesh gets that, the spirit doesn't get what it wants. And when your spirit is living in a way where you're pleasing God, your flesh, it says later in the passage, is crucified. Paul said later, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So basically we did it. Do you remember uh, we had a picture up on the wall in the lobby for a long time after this. We had the chair up here. And uh, you could only have one of your natures in the chair at one time. That's it. That was the, uh, one chair, one choice. You can't live in the flesh and the spirit at the same time It's impossible And and so God is trying to teach us in this passage That there are two natures And it's important for us to recognize and realize In your notes we say this There is no way to misunderstand the depravity Of the works of the flesh listed in this passage Anyone would tell you that these Are some of the most heinous things That anyone could ever list I mean, this list is just grotesque. And God deliberately has this list for us to identify and say, oh yeah, that's the work of the flesh. Oh yeah, that's the work of the flesh. And yet, did you know that most of the things that we do that are displeasing to God could be boiled down to this list? Even things as small as teasing your brother or sister are on this list. You don't believe me? They're out here. Look at this. Witchcraft. No, that's not the, the wrong one. Sorry. Um, strife, seditions. When you deliberately cause strife into the life of another person, you are Dawson. I, sorry. I, oh, my goodness. How did that slip out? You are living in the flesh. Where is he? Right here. Um, You are living. I just got an amen from the back row. (laughs) Little sister just said amen, and little little sister, she would have said it if she could. Um, But look, everything we do out of anger, out of strife, out of hurting another person is on this list. Everything we do in our thought life that's wrong is on this list. God put an all-encompassing list of the works of the flesh here in this passage. When God looks, we say this in your notes, when God looks at unbelievers with these works, He identifies them by the sin. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You see this passage where God identifies who it is that will inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, this is pretty abrupt. First Corinthians 6, verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. Now, this is a word from thousands of years ago, but we see it in our society. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. That's also something in our society we see. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. When God looks at people who are living in this way, that's how He sees them. Now, all of it goes under the term unrighteous. Okay, so if you're going to live based on your own merits, you're on that list. If you want to say God... I'm good enough to get to you on my own all of what Galatians has been teaching us I can make it on my own then God will look at you based on your sin if you've ever stolen something you're on the list Revelation 21.8 says if you've ever told a lie you're on the list that's pretty I mean who hasn't told a lie everybody's told a lie so Here's this list, and God says, look, if you're unrighteous, you're on the list. That's how I identify you. But verse 11 gives a different identification, a different tag. Look what he says. And such were some of you, but you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God the difference now is God doesn't look at us as us. We said it in your notes in the last sentence. When God looks at believers, He sees Christ's blood. So when God looks at you, He doesn't see the human sinful identifier of unrighteous. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ, His dear Son. Now, going back to Galatians 5. Here's the deal on this list of sins. Some people say, well, look, if if it's on a list of sin in the Bible, then it's a real sin. And if it's not on any list, we can't call it a sin. You know what that is? That's stupid. There are things that we have in society now that are harmful to you, that lead you astray from God. And yet we say, well, if it's not on that list, I can do it. Yeah, you can do it, but not please God. See, we don't do what we do because it is or isn't on a list. All right? If, if the Bible said, thou shalt not play Xbox 360, this certain game, then I can't do it. But if it's not in there that way, I can do it. That's foolish. And we shouldn't live in foolishness like that. So, so God has an alternate plan for our lives. I don't know any Xbox 360 games. Couldn't even come up with one. I should have asked before church, what's a really bad one, James? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, Pastor. I'm not sure what any of them are. Okay. We say this in your notes, though. The sins on this list should not be present in the lives of the redeemed. But if we walk in the flesh... We are all susceptible. So any Christian who continuously walks in the flesh will eventually exhibit the works of the flesh. Now we all, every day sin, we all every day struggle. But there's a calling back to the center of the path. Um, the Bible says that a just man falleth seven times a day and Riseth yet again. That means every day we walk off the path because our flesh starts to get up off the cross, and we have to say, "Oh, come back here, God." Sorry, can't believe that happened. Do you know what the verse is on the bottom of the manna box at In-N-Out? Well, that's the French fry box. Um, the French fries at In-N-Out. How um, have you never been to In-N-Out in your life? God bless you. There'll be some in heaven. Um, The bottom of their French fry box, Proverbs 24, 16. That's what it says. Proverbs 24, 16. Now, all the cups say John 3, 16. Um, Some of the other stuff has different verses. But the bottom of the manna box, the fresh, chopped, fried, in godly oil French fries, says Proverbs 24, 16. And that's the verse. I, I had to look it up. I didn't know it by heart. Uh, that, that was the reference. Adjust man, follow seven times a day, and rise it yet again. What does that mean? It means we're all going to live out the works of the flesh every single day, but we should be so in tune with the Spirit that we pull it back every day, many, many times a day. Now, can you imagine what would happen if a Christian didn't get in the Word of God for weeks at a time? That list will become very real to your life. If you get out of fellowship with God's family for weeks at a time in your life, you'll start living this list. I talk to Christians who say, Ah, missing church a few times ain't going to hurt nobody. Well, look, Buster, you've missed for six months. Eventually, your tail is going to be in such a big crack that you're going to be in big trouble because you've gotten out of fellowship with the family of God. Or you've gotten out of God's Word. Or you don't have a prayer life. And if you're not coming back to the center of the path, you will live out the works of the flesh. We know a lot about the fruit of the Spirit. Here's what we say in your notes. The list from verses 22-23 are are referred to as fruit. Singular. Not works, but fruit. One fruit. (laughs) Interesting it doesn't say Fruits. Okay. Contrast that with works of the flesh So works, that's our stuff Fruit, that's one Comes from the Holy Spirit In your notes, not one part of the fruit Can be bought, earned, or secured Through human effort You can try as long as you want You can try as hard as you want But you will never produce The Spirit's fruit Outside of the Spirit Not going to be done Here's why. We just list just a few examples of this. It's easy to love the the lovely, but Christian love loves the unlovely. Jesus said, Love your enemies. Really? Love your enemies? That's what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Love your enemies. Joy cannot be brought to the human heart by doing. There are a lot of people who think, well, if I could just do this, I'd be happy. Never works. Joy only comes through a spiritual interaction with the Holy God. Peace cannot be purchased, only given. Say, boy, if I buy this policy, insurance policy, I'll be at peace. Nope, it won't give you peace. Peace. There's nothing you can buy that will give you peace. But there is something bought for you that will give you peace. Eternal life. Long-suffering is a grace produced only by the Holy Spirit. And we could go through the whole list. Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. These are byproducts of a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Last one, we say this. The only way to receive the fruit is to walk in the Spirit. I love this last sentence. Anyone who walks in the Spirit receives the complete fruit package. Okay? So, if you're exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, you will exhibit the whole fruit package. It won't just be one or two of them. It'll be the whole fruit package. In the works of the flesh, do you know that you could do one thing on that list, the works of the flesh, and not do the rest? But you're still living out the works of the flesh. But when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, it's fully sufficient. He gives you the whole thing. You get the whole package when you're living in the Spirit. And there's nothing more wonderful than when people around you are living in the fruit of the Spirit. It's just a wonderful environment. Um, I don't know if you've ever been having a really good day and somebody living in the flesh rained on your parade. Now, you can either join them in the mud or you can stay walking in the Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit's work in your life to give you that love, joy, peace, and the whole list. It's a great passage. And we all need it. Why? Because there are things that we want to do that we, would, we don't do. And there are things we don't want to do that we end up doing. Because of this war between flesh and spirit. And so this passage really lays it out in simple steps for us. To walk in the spirit. And if we walk in the spirit, let us seep in step. Seep in step with the spirit. That's the message for the night. Let's stand. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Don't forget about your service group. Hey, I appreciate everybody who's working on the Grounds team. Grounds look terrific. Yeah, we have some volunteers who are helping with that. They're just really looking good this year. I appreciate your help. Father, thank you for your body here at Centennial. And Lord, we certainly know that we need your Spirit in our lives every day. None of us can do anything outside of you. Without your Spirit, we can do nothing. So I pray that we would walk in the Spirit, that we would submit our lives to you, that we would keep in step with you and stay in the center of the path. Guide us this week to be a testimony for you in this community. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.